So anyway, I was saying that um, these people that I hear on these podcasts, and I'm not talking about the, our clients, because our clients, they don't succumb to this type of nonsense, this type of silliness, because they are better than that. That's why they seek our help, and they seek our guidance and our assistance and our wisdom, because they want to be better than this. But so many times I hear podcasts, and they're, I don't know, the business, entrepreneurship, and they all sound exactly the same. They have some cheesy music that's got three chord changes. Is it cheesy music, kind of upbeat music, digital, and then you have a host come on and all upbeat and all excited. And it's, it's the whole thing is like everybody's trying to do the exact same thing, just a little bit better than the next person. And for me, that's no, that, that's no way to have a podcast. You want to stand out. And the way to stand out is to just be yourself. You don't, people think, I need to be like this person. This person is successful, and I want to talk about this in just a little bit, but like this person is doing this, and their podcast is successful. So if I do that, then I'll be successful too. And it doesn't work that way. You have to build up that know, like, and trust with your audience and the people who listen and your clients. And that's that's the biggest challenge with a podcast is just realizing who you are. It's 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 not a uh, technical issue. It's it's a spiritual. It's a personal issue of of just discovering who you are and what unique thing that you offer to the marketplace. Because so many people are just like, I'm going to be a life coach. Okay, great. Have fun with that. Uh, but the, the, the hard work with doing anything that, that has to do with having any type of public persona, be it a blog or a podcast, the hardest work is discovering who you are, working out those core values that you can't live without, those, those things that are just absolute non-negotiable for you. And they're different for everybody. But it's scary. You feel vulnerable. You feel exposed when you do this. And that's, why, that's what makes it so difficult, standing out from the rest of the crowd. So, Sana, how was your week? Very busy, but I mm-hmm. made some progress. So I'm happy I finished uh, some part of my work that was long overdue. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I still have something to prepare for this week. I'm waiting for this podcast to end, and I get to my own work. <laughs> okay, well, I, I won't hold you too long. Thank you. So that you, so that you can get to the work that actually matters to you. I, I, I didn't mean to be disrespectful. I mean, this matters to me also. It's not like I'm kidding, honey. I'm kidding. I'm just providing. I'm providing entertainment for our listeners. No, that's it. We already got our first issue in our marriage life. <laughs> okay. Now we have to deal with this crisis. Our listeners are privy to our a crisis in our marriage. Yep. What's it going to take to get to the other side of this, sweetheart? Um. Say it. You know what you want to say. Say it. You have to bend 90 degree <laughs> and kiss my <laughs> hand. <laughs> <laughs> but I do that when we're not in crisis. So now that we're having a crisis, what do I have to do to... (laughs) Wait, when you're not in crisis, you bend forward. Now you have to bend backward. (laughs) 
Oh, bend back. Okay, 90 degrees backwards. <laughs> well, you want me to be a contortionist? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, I guess I will get to work on that. You know what? You were just talking about how a lot of people try to create value in human life. And I was, I, I just remember um, one of my favorite poet, mystic, I would say a master in human justice and value. Uh, Romy, he is a, a 13th century legend. In Persian. Rumi, uh, Rumi. It's spelled R U M I. That's right. Persian. Right, okay. yeah. So I, I I quite follow his ideology. And he he talked he talked a lot about human value and human rights uh, and understanding it uh, in a different context. Even though he was in the thirteenth century, he was kind of foreseeing how it would look like in modernized today. I actually have something open here, I'm looking at it. Take your time. I think it will help. Hmm. All right. Take your time, sweetheart. First of all, he kind of look at it in a, I mean, in his point of view, uh, he always knew that the person or individual is not a simple or ordinary creature. Uh, and he believed that human beings are not solely consist of flesh and blood, but human beings are the process of a perfect system with material and spiritual dimensions. Uh, the essence of the universe and the purpose of its creation is built in human being. So it sounds very complicated, but he actually tried to make it simplified for us by breaking through all these things. According to many followers of Rumi, his viewpoint kind of played a very big role in the formation of understanding universal human rights and how to create value and purpose in human right, human life, sorry. So he kind of divided into four different principles that shaped the understanding uh, of human creature, complicated creature, human being, mm. uh, which is human dignity, the aim of being, principle of unity and the principle of equality hmm. and he has written books and poems and stuff like that for each of these uh, four principles hmm. mm. and these are 13th century um, it's it's a different way of adding value uh, what, what i was talking about when i'm talking about podcast hosts like they have this attitude of um I need to add value to my listeners. Uh, it's, it's such a different way of viewing adding value. I don't want to say that it's cheap. I don't want to use that word because the, the intentions are good. But it's not as substantive. It doesn't have the same level of substance as uh, this poet and this mystic that you're talking about. For him, adding value, that's just, that was who he was as an individual. And look look at us 700 years later we're we're talking about him in this podcast. Another I'm sure other people are reference him. Uh he's he's pretty well known. I mean you even put one of his quotes on the passport cover that you bought for me before I left Vietnam in July. That's right. 
the takeaway that I'd want to share with anyone that's interested in my perspective on this is that when you're adding value to uh, your listeners, I mean, it's not just, don't think of it as like a gimmick or just like something that's obligatory to your show. I think if you have real value to share, if, if your life is worth living, you don't have to make an effort to share value. You don't have to make like a special effort to add value. The value is going to be there if you just if you're just yourself, and if you have those core values that are near and dear to you and are non-negotiable, the value is going to manifest itself. So, and just just like the the entertainment, like I I was I think I was joking a couple of minutes ago about we have to be entertaining, as though it's something that you you have to intentionally add. If you're just yourself, like you and I have this great rapport. And people like it. I've got a lot of good feedback on how you and I... Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Do we? <laughs> they really... <laughs> we are actors, aren't we? <laughs> Most of the time we put up a show, but don't put it there, It's honey. not obligatory, honey. It's not obligatory. But you and I, we just, we just have fun. And we just, we're just let our hair down. <laughs> the hair that you don't have? Oh, man... This woman plays dirty. <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is that being entertaining, adding value, of course, those are essential components of any podcast, any blog, any TV show, whatever. Fill in, fill in the blank for the medium with which you're sharing your message. But if you're just, if you're living a life worth living, that's worthwhile to you, you don't have to make any effort to share value and be entertaining. That stuff is just going to show up. The hard work is finding that voice. Yeah, I understand what you say, James. But um, again, I think even if you want to um, make a change in somebody's life or add some sort of value to their life, it's always work better to understand the human being in a more deeper uh, yeah. sense that's why i always refer to romi and again i would like to quote him um he said one of romi's description of humanity uh defined people as the most honorable creatures on earth god created man meticulously below his own soul into him and dedicated food and other useful things on earth to him he's following stuff that i'm uh, reading to you here that's quite long and i hope Maybe you and our listeners get to know Rumi. He's amazing. I mean... No, honey, can you can you just read the whole thing? All right. It's a quite... Yeah, we've got time. It's quite sure. long. Go for so it. So his following spare quote for express his thoughts very well that I'm going to read to mm -hmm. you. Okay. Um, you are more precious than heaven and earth. What more can I say? You do not know your own worth. You are another version of the divine book. You are a mirror of the beauty of God that created the universe. Whatever exists in the world, it's not outside of you. Whatever you ask for, ask for it in yourself. Seek it in yourself. Humans as the focus. He also said, you are the treasure of the world and the world is not worth half barley. Sorry, half barley, I think. <laughs> half what? Barley. Barley? Like wheat and barley? I think so, yeah. 
Okay. It's 13th century, so. Yeah, okay. From humans, humans as the focus, you cut it out. It's very long. Okay, so, okay, so it's Just keep it much stick it in that. yourself, yeah. It's one whole okay. passage. Well, honey, send that to me via Telegram, and I'll just put it on. Um, there's there's always a separate web page for each episode that we put on. I'll send you the site. So, um, I'll just send it to me, and I'll put it on the uh, the show notes, mm-hmm. which you can find at beatenpath.media forward slash value. I mean, when you talk about value, people always try to materialize it rather than seeing the spiritual side of it. Um, what do you mean materialize it? When you, when you say, what is the value of this phone? What is the value of this commodity? They always see it in a financial term. Yeah, even put when, a price on it. Exactly. Even if you talk about um, creating value for, let's say, a project to help less opportunate some of the most, um, pe- I mean, the most people, I mean, sorry, let's put it together again. Uh, even if when you are talking about a project to help less opportunate, some of those people who are m- mostly involved in this type of project, also the first thing they kind of kind of look at it in a financial term. How are we going to find the means of it? How are we going to get the finance towards it? But they, they're, I feel like their belief and faith is just so shallow that they don't just go forth believing that what they are doing is right. It's fair and just. That's the most fair and just thing you can do to the most vulnerable. And definitely God will not leave you half faith. He will always send his um, angels or people along the way and kind of create some sort of connection in order to accomplish his goal and purpose on earth. Yeah. But always, I feel like maximum, most of the people see financial problems as a stumbling block to reach to their purpose and goal. Mm -hmm. So I think value, the word value itself have to be redefined because I feel in 21st century, a lot of people misuse the word value and the word hmm. value lost its meaning uh, and it's in its context, basically. Maybe a core element of its meaning mm-hmm. is it, we don't consider it mm-hmm. when we think of value. Um, maybe a financial cost. What's it going to? How is it going to hurt my pocketbook or affect my pocketbook? I should say, but we don't maybe take into account how is this going to affect me spiritually? Right. What is going to be the is there going to be a spiritual cost to this or a spiritual benefit that no matter how much it costs financially, the benefits spiritually will be far outweigh any financial cost? Mm. So I teach this module called Employability, Enterprise, and Personal Success. And there are a group of students at university who have to take it once a year. And kind of like update their PDP, personal development plan and action plans toward their goal, career development, stuff like that. And it's really sometimes when I ask them uh, what has had changed in your goals and purpose, sometimes I kind of don't know how to continue to talk to my students because everybody says my goal is to get a job that make me rich. 
And when I tell them, you are rich already, they would never understand. They might laugh at me. I mean, the fact that you're healthy, you have two hands, two legs, your eyes can see, your tongue can test, your ear can hear, that is already rich. That's richness in God. There are people who do not have a healthy body. And... Um, They're deprived of so many blessings in this world, you know. And who we are to deserve all these to the perfection given to us, but not to the uh, to those who don't have it. So that's why I'm saying, like, the meaning of value is kind of lost its meaning. Because people in this world, I don't know whose fault it is. I cannot put the blame on anybody. Kind of lost the um the true meaning of value they they believe when you talk about value means you have to immediately measure it in the financial term yeah maybe our perception of value has been corrupted somewhat right but we cannot blame them because we never know where all those ideologies stem from well i think we should blame them who else are we going to blame got to blame somebody <laughs> May as well be them. Mm. <laughs> Certainly not my fault. You know, speaking of value, um, I had an interesting call this past week. Someone um, saw that I, I put on my website, I, I should say, I put on our website, beatenpath.media, that um, I offer like a free 15-minute consultation um, for people who are thinking of working with us producing the podcast, maybe starting a podcast, get some guidance, get some coaching, consulting, whatever. And it's free. It's no strings attached. And she just said, I, I can't afford to hire you right now, but I would like to take you up on your offer of the free 15-minute consultation. I said, sure, absolutely. I offer it no strings attached. And you know, if she uses us in the future, great. If she doesn't, fine. Uh, if it, If the worst case scenario is that I have some fodder for our podcast. And it turns out that's exactly how it worked out. We had our call and and this person, she's had a podcast for, uh, I, I don't know, maybe a year. She put out very respectable amount of episodes, probably 30 or so, and done really well. According to her, she has 150 to 200 people who listen to each episode. And that's that's really, really good. People don't understand just how much determination and how much grit and hard work it takes to get a podcast to that level. Like 30 plus episodes. Most podcasts um, don't make it past seven episodes. Over 90%, the numbers say that, like Apple reports that over 90% of podcasts that get submitted to them, they don't make it past episode seven and they get burned out. They just get overwhelmed with the amount of work that it takes or that they think that it takes and uh, they don't do it. And we have to pat ourselves on the back, Sana, because this is episode number seven. This is our seventh episode that we're producing and releasing for the world. Anyway, this person was describing her show and she said she made it sound like she wanted her podcast to be her business. Like she wants to just like, this is the only thing that she wants to do. Just make the podcast. So I'm asking this person, 
some questions. And, and the funny thing is that she has the day job that is exactly in line with the topic of her podcast. And in many ways, her life is already aligned with the theme or the mission or the uh, just the direction, the, the, the topics of her show. And she, and she couldn't see the, the connection between what she already has and what she, in, in, what she might be envisioning with her show. And I'm asking, what, how do you see yourself being able to like, live off of your show? She's saying, well, you know, build up an audience and maybe get sponsors and then maybe affiliate in- income. And I okay, that's that's good. That's all well and good. And I'm just kind of asking, poking and prodding. I know what I want to say, but I'm just getting getting a feel for where she's at uh, with with her journey. And and again, she's doing very well with it, uh, all things considered. But what I what I pointed out to her is that she is already in very in a very good position to monetize her podcast, and it I, I think the the thing that she needed to realize is that the a podcast never never is the only part of someone's business. It's never. Tim Ferriss has a podcast. But that's not all he does. Joe Rogan, probably the most successful podcast today. But that's not all he does. It's part of what these people are. They all have these massive media businesses of which the podcast is a part. You never, ever see someone who all they do is a podcast. It, just, it does not exist. The podcast is always something that is part of something bigger. It's always part of a, a bigger business offering something of real value. And the podcast, it, of course, offers value. Of course, it's valuable. But it's, it's very, I, I can't think of one example right off the top of my head where one person or maybe a couple of people have a podcast and that's all they do. I don't, I, it doesn't exist. I can't think of any examples. The podcast always has a job, and that's to get people interested in you, interested in what you're selling. And of course, you can, yes, if you build up an audience that's big enough, and if you find sponsors that, are, that aren't going to taint your message, that are more or less in line with your message, then it might make sense and to bring them on. And yes, of course, you, you're going to reap some financial benefit from it. But this idea that you're going to build up a, an audience, and that's all you're going to do. I'm not going to say it's impossible, but I can't think of a single example right off the top of my head where that's all it is. Just build up, get, get enough people to listen, and then sell sponsorships to the point where you can feed your family. The people that have sponsorships, they have massive, massive audiences their, their audience does listen to their podcast, but their audience is also interested in other things that they offer. So this time of sharing value with our audience is quickly coming to a close because I am being, my efforts as a podcast host are being poached by my son. <laughs> <laughs> While I've been... 
selflessly sharing value with our listeners, Sana and my son have been making funny faces at each other on the Skype screen. Honey, you're What? not gonna you're not gonna publish this part. Oh, of course not. No way. I'd never think of it. Buddy, make sure he's not gonna publish that part. Hey, my name is James Newcomb, and as you can hear, my wife and I like to have fun when we press record on these podcasts, and we bring this as a service to our clients and would-be, perhaps prospective clients of our company, Beaten Path Media, and we are working together to build this business, and we're just having a great time doing it. And if you are interested in learning more about Sana and myself and what we can offer, if you're thinking about getting into the podcasting, the YouTubing, the digital media production game, then look us up and I'd love to talk and see if we can help bring you to closer to your goals and bring you and your podcast, your YouTube, your digital media to the next level. Check us out on the web at beatenpath.media. That's spelled B-E-A-T-I-N path dot media.